sweet buttery gravel. Shut up and sit down. Butter makes everything better. I really like butter. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Heffler, and Jake Von Dueling. The road may be beautiful or ugly. It may be easy or hard, smooth or rough. It doesn't matter. What matters most is where the road will take you. That's butter. The butter for president. Butter for mayor. Buddy, I get a lot of use out of that butter. I get a lot of use out of it. But life ain't no easy freeway, just some gravel on the ground. You pay for every mile, spreads the dust around. But we all have destinations, and the dust will set down. This life ain't no easy freeway, just some gravel on the ground. Hi, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Dering, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance. Live in studio. Live in studio. Live in studio. Studio. How you going, guys? We're we're going. Yeah, we're going. I mean, Good. it's How not you going. I, I will say the the studio part of the in studio. It's a little disappointing after that live showing. Live, live show last was week. fun. Oh my gosh, this is a lot awesome. of lonelier, like lonelier room today. It is. It's only, <laughs> it's only four of us. <laughs> just just the four. <laughs> just the four of us. Uh, across the table from Lance. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? <laughs> you guys look good. You look good. You look good. You're looking good. I do like <laughs> the way you look tonight. Now we know that Matt can see you I when assume, you're watching this, too. I assume you're watching this at night. With and, a camera on your phone <laughs> or computer. And you're looking good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And last but not least... Uh, <laughs> Evan Price. Evan. Oh, that just so ruined my intro. <laughs> I hadn't used that in a while, and I needed to bust it out of there. I like it. How you doing, Evan? Oh. oh. So today I'm drinking. Coca-Cola has come out with a new energy drink. Have you guys seen this? And this probably isn't new. Like somebody's gonna comment on here and be like, "That's been out for two years," but I yeah. just saw it, so it's new to me. It's new to yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. Can I take a sip of your drink? You can take a sip of this drink, Matt. <laughs> new oh, kind of like bike computers for you. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Garmin just came out with a computer Garmin that tracks your GPS. Yeah. <laughs> 140 <laughs> calories. Mm-hmm. Um, Only right. natural Vitamin goodness. Vitamin B six or something. I don't know. A lot of sugar. <laughs> a lot of sugar. Let's see. All right, give me, give me like just three, three good reasons uh-huh. why you would put that garbage in your body. <laughs> I I can give you it, zero good reasons. Why I, you do. Okay, it tastes, it kind of tastes like flat coke. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yes, that's exactly what it tastes like. Yeah. And I love flat coke, so do you? that's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're a triathlete, <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. I can understand if you're like. You know, trying to ward off a bunk, or you're just like completely <laughs> gassed from a great workout or a ride. These are these are not like a daily drink thing for me. This is flat. at most I, once a week. <laughs> we heard you over the radio open the can. It shouldn't be flat. That's so why true. does it taste like flat Coke? Probably because there's so much sugar in it, it just bogs down the carbonation to where okay. all you can taste is syrup. It's syrup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's basically carbonated syrup. Excellent. All right. Let's kick this thing off with a little backpedaling, fellas. 
Matt, why don't you start us off today? I would, I would love to start us off. Do that. Uh, <laughs> yes, I had some fun workouts this week that That's you guys good. don't know about. Oh, <laughs> are they secret workouts? Secret, <laughs> secret, secret workouts. Workout. My secret workouts are actually uh, when I wake up at like five in the morning and I go run with my wife and we go up and down my street, which we did. We did one of those this week. It's about what? Three tenths of a mile? It's um, down to the end of my street and back is a half a mile. And so we okay. just do that. So you're never more again. than like a few quarter minutes mile. from home. We're never more than Sprint a quarter mile away. Is this in case you that, hear the, the kids kid. like screaming? Or yeah, do you I think mean, you can hear they're them? They're running that down distance? the cul-de-sac <laughs> half naked <laughs> screaming. Oh, there was a problem. Oh, thank God we stayed only a half mile away. <laughs> wait, like, wait, it's Thursday. That's what they do. Thursday, they run down the street <laughs> half naked. That's normal Thursday. Our, Same our, neighbors, our neighbors love us. But yeah, it's it's so that if they wake up and they need us that we can get to them or whatever. And the older ones are fine. The four-year-old, it's kind of like... The, the younger two might freak out a little bit. The older one would be like, guys, they're not here. Let's watch videos. Like, yes, yeah. this, is, this is what we dream no, about. Ethan Smart is like, no, guys, we need to take advantage take of the situation. Full advantage. They're a quarter mile away yeah. right now. So uh, so that's fun. It's super fun. I'm, I'm hoping to do more of those because we're just starting to introduce some of that stuff. And eventually we'll start to go further out, venture further away from the house. But I had a really fun workout on Wednesday mm-hmm. where I did a... Um, we did basically a birthday workout for Sean of Sean and Shelly, Sean Henry. He's a listener yeah. of the podcast. He turned 50 years old. So happy birthday, Sean. Happy and, birthday, uh, Sean. yep. And so here, here's what he wanted to do. This is his idea. Uh, go to the pool. And he actually got the idea from like Jake and the podcast and, you know, kind of like, Hey, on your birthday, you go do stupid stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was, you go to the pool. We did 50 fifties and yeah. we had a ton of people show up. So I get to the pool and we're like, oh man, there's like 15 of us doing this workout. Oh wow. Which is crazy. So we do 50 50s. We get out of the pool, we go and we do uh, a 50 minute like spinnerable type workout, which mm-hmm. was, which included like 50 kind of climbs and they were all different distances and stuff like that. That was awesome. It was more fun than I've had on like a bike trainer as long as I can remember. It's crazy to me that that was fun. Yeah. We listened to like the number one hits from the 1950s, whatever. I think his birthday was January 22nd or something like that. So whatever the hit was for that particular day. So all these different hits. And then we we're just like, what song is this? Boys to men? Like, like <laughs> I can't figure this out. So that was super fun. Yeah. Then we went out and ran 50 minutes and that was fun too. It was just a awesome. really, it was like one of those it's things where I finished that workout and I was like, I haven't had that much fun in a workout in a, in a while. So that was celebrate. We need to have enough people so that everybody's birthday can just be a fun workout yeah. day. And then we went to Hopworks that night and had beer, which. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Yeah. Even more fun for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, then on, you know, I'm trying to think of what else. Rode with the team. We did a, I think I, I think I did the Tuesday one. I don't think I did the Thursday one. Sure. Um, but I could only hang with you guys for a little while because I don't know. It seems like you guys are ready to rock. When we start up these days, yeah, we always give recommendations. Or like, I say we, hey, I, I give recommendations yeah. like, hey, this is what we're going to be at for watts per kilogram. Just kind of keep everybody together, yeah. and people get a little. They get antsy. Why are you all looking at me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if it was, I don't know if it's your fault, but it the was. universal Lance is off the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the universal language is like three watts per kilo, and that could mean four and a half or right. two. Well, that usually it's anything. like <laughs> usually it's like on the you know we start up pretty chill, and then you know it's like on on climbs you we give us ourselves a little bit more space. To yeah to Rome and uh I don't know 
I just can't hang with you guys right now. It's okay. Just keep I riding. Got, keep keep coming back. It'll happen. Um, if you do 50 hill intervals every Wednesday, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're going to be fine. Well, so We'll see. <laughs> uh, and then on Saturday, I had a... Um, well, so I signed up for another one of the spin interval classes because I was like, oh, that was fun. Let's you know do another one of those. Uh, and so I signed up for that. And then that night before, my older brother was like, hey, um, been listening to the podcast. Uh, can we do one of those, you know, birthday things? I want to ride, um, either 43 miles or 43 kilometers on Zwift. Do you want to ride with me tomorrow morning? Ah. And I was like, I'm signed up for all this other stuff, but yes, let's just do it. And he was like, can we do it at, you know, six? And I was like, How? actually I'm swimming at seven. That doesn't give us, give us enough time. Can we do it? A little bit before 5 a.m. And so I got up at uh, 4.50 or whatever. Jeez. We got rolling or whatever. And so um, I was only able to get 43 kilometers in before going to the pool and swimming. Uh, but then did that class and then went out for a little run with Bob Croucher on Saturday, which yeah. it was just like, man, this is a good week of training. It was a great week like, of training. It was kind of like one of those things where I was like, I feel like, a old, like my old self again. <laughs> just having fun. Um, and then That's I got good. to run with the Evan Price and Bob again and Bob, Bob Croucher, yeah. <laughs> uh, on our Sunday Lakeside Long Run. Oh, nice! How many people are showing up to that? Um, we got a solid show. There was like ten huge. last time. Alan Plank was there. Oh, yes, good. again. And Alan Plank will be super happy to hear that today, after running with him yesterday, I am super sore. <laughs> like, could barely <laughs> walk down the stairs. Alan got fitter in just like the three weeks he was here. Yeah. Like got significantly fitter on the run. He can just like weeks. look at a pair of running shoes and get yeah. faster. Yeah. He can like he's such a natural spin athlete. Spin his bike backwards, you know, yeah. one rotation, and then he'll Gain just be faster. Yeah. He just goes up. He's just he's a beast. So I'm I I told him this on the run. He wouldn't mind if I shared it. In the past two years, two ish years, he has gotten so much faster as an athlete, triathlete, and cyclist. And when someone like works hard like that, you're you got to be happy for them. So it's just super. And that awesome was one of those him. few triathletes that has gained respect in like the crit style racing yeah. cycling. Yeah. World. Not only that, but the cy- the cyclocross yeah. scene. He right. went out there and like crushed it. Yeah. In the, in the, well, the fives. He was so fit. I yeah. mean, he had crushing those fields, and yeah, he didn't have any business being there. But that's where you need to start when yep. you've never yeah. done anything before. But he was crushing people on his mountain bike. He went up to yeah. the fours and did the same yeah. thing. And I'm venturing to guess that he would have done the same thing in the threes had he been able to continue racing. He's actually for for some of the younger athletes that that I coach. He's the one I I like to point to now. Like, yeah. hey, if you work and just hard, like, hey, uh, cycling is important, and yeah. if you ride with cyclists like Alan does, you get fast. Yeah. So yeah. he actually won uh, the best <clears throat> all around rider for the whole year for Obra for Cat Force. Wow. That's yep. so awesome. Yeah. Let's go triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go triathlon. Yeah. So he was in it. Well, I was out of PIR. It was Alan and then, who's it? Snodgrass? Ben Snodgrass, is it? Yeah. Yes. Another triathlete. Another triathlete. Me and Alan were actually for... talking about that because they went head-to-head yeah. a couple times, didn't they? But yeah. they would always be like playing protagonists, yep. know, doing good work off the front. And he... Uh, he and Ben would both get accolades from uh, Luciano Bailey, who's the PA announcer for yeah. a lot of the racing up here. So, yeah. Good times. Good so. times. Something about like swimming. Butter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pre-podcast joke there. We're going we're, we're to talk about buttery gravel. Buttery gravel. Some point. Buttery gravel. <laughs> Sweetness. Evan, would you like to backpedal? Um, me and Jake went on the Yamhill ride. On oh, Saturday, Lance we, didn't go? we did a race recon, and no, we'll Lance, get to that. Lance okay. did not make an appearance. <laughs> I did not at this. make it. Okay, I thought I was like the odd man out. <laughs> I was. I I definitely wanted to be there, but we'll get to that. Yes, okay. yes, but yeah, that we got really lucky with the weather. 
super lucky. Oh my gosh, that was it was beautiful. I wouldn't change a thing about that entire ride. Like we were like all like was perfect. The day before, even looking at the forecast, going, my God, this is gonna suck. There was like at one point (laughs) in time, there was like a a one hour window where it was just clouds and everything else was rain, and I'm getting reports saying it's gonna be downpours followed by rain. I'm like. Well, if it doesn't kill yeah. you, it'll make you stronger. So that get was, out there and do your thing. There's going to be some loose, wet, muddy gravel yeah. there. We <laughs> rolled into Yamhill, blue Sunny. skies, yep. sun, and it was cool. So you're not overheating. Granted, I did still overdress, dang it. But I think um, we all just were in winter mode still. Oh, yeah. And not realizing yeah. that, like, oh, this is not cold. It was like low 50s, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, when you're on gravel riding, that's perfect. Wow. Yeah. So it was. The, trail, the, the roads were all nice. Uh-huh. It was pretty. And I'll tell you what, I mean, that that gravel going into, <clears throat> to, what is it, April is when Yamhill is, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that gravel right now looks awesome. Like, if it yeah. can stay just like it is right now, that yeah, would be Yeah, I was amazing. impressed. I mean, the potholes were kind of a minimum. There wasn't a lot of mm-hmm. washboarding out there. Uh, the gravel was in good condition. And you, you got to venture to guess that they're probably going to clean up some of the stuff that was problematic. Um, yeah. There was only springtime rolls around. There's only one turn where I saw my life flash before my eyes. And for a 60 mile gravel ride, that's not too bad if only yeah. once you fear for your life. Uh, you know so. what? I can probably think of the one that I was, th- you know, exactly. yeah, you came into a little hot and it's a little <laughs> thick on the gravel. If you hit that at the wrong angle, it's like, uh Oh, I, I hit as, as Chris Surratt was telling me, I, I descend absolutely terribly, but I, Hit that at a bad angle, also not a skilled gravel turner, and also yeah. on the outside of the turn. So it was a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. There was a couple times, though, we were booging. Yeah. I went back and checked. I thought it was a little bit lower than what it actually was, but I think I hit 46 miles an hour on one of those descents. Ooh, oh, yeah. So, that's scary. And on gravel. But that's it like, was so smooth. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it felt good. And I mean, like, I think I flatted in the first, like, 10 minutes. I was just spewing that, a little yeah. bit. And <laughs> the the ceiling even was helping, you know, held for the rest of the ride. I just had to pump some air into it. So yeah, it, it sealed was, up. That's the beauty yeah, of it was beautiful tires. Yeah. I know. And then Hatfield and Surratt waited for me, being super nice. And we just hammered and didn't catch everybody. You guys waited for us. But I yeah. told everybody to soft pedal. We did yeah. soft pedal for quite some time. And yeah. then we figured that that was enough to get you back on, which you did catch. You were probably when we actually stopped and regrouped you're like two minutes back oh good so okay you're right that, there that makes me feel a little bit better i was hoping you weren't no, you're good. back but yeah um outside of that i ran with matt on sunday that was i had that was great we ran a decent <clears throat> clip yeah ouch it was good i'm feeling good did you how's the rest of your run because it was great did yeah. 10 with me and then you did another four i four? think four or five yeah. yeah you did 10 miles after the gravel ride too which was a four yeah. hour 60 mile ride i'll, I'll tell you what i'm wow. getting very happy run, with my run did right you now. run on the gravel out there like did you just no no i just came back came home and home. did the treadmill okay. so i just needed to lock into the pace so yep yep running is going well uh riding is like super super fun right now and i love running but running is feeling like business so it's like riding is the fun thing that i do on saturday <laughs> and then after the ride it's like all right it's time to like clock in and you just jump on the yeah. treadmill it's like an hour at this pace just got to listen to music and make it pass so did you do hills or anything like that um, not on Saturday. No, Saturday I just locked into like six twenty, six twenty four pace, and just said, "Let's try and hold this for more than an hour." Okay, which felt easy. So, not butter. We'll see. <laughs> no. no, no, no. The ride was better. The runs are never better. <laughs> butter before a ride is very, very bad. Yeah. <laughs> Lance. What's up, dude? Backpedal. <laughs> Where have you been? Where have you you're like been? trying to grow back. That Lance is subtly trying to grow his like goatee now i think yeah is what's going on is that what we're going for now you know i shaved off that beautiful you know (laughs) handlebar mustache and i immediately missed it (laughs) (laughs) immediately 
but uh, yeah, so I've kind of been subtly growing back yeah. some. Your wife, your wife won't hair. notice. She'll, she's not gonna notice. <laughs> How is she not going to notice the notice. goatee? She doesn't look directly at his face. Hey, yeah, she knows how about better. this? How about we put everybody going to training camp on call? That they need to have a handlebar mustache going. Oh, the camp. that would be fantastic! How funny would that be? Seeing a bunch of people roll into like <laughs> a convenience store wearing a, a kit and a handlebar yeah, mustache. That is a good idea. I love I think, that plan. I think we can do this. <laughs> no, I think this <laughs> we is a good idea. Show up. Yeah, training camp. That all would be handlebar mustache would be hilarious. Do you remember Whitney? I believe it was last year. Whitney showed up with like a beard. And like every day he would come into the house and a little bit of the beard would be gone. Right. right. It went from like like beard to like beard and sideburn or like goatee and sideburns. And then it was just like the goatee. Then it was like uh, Fu Manchu. Then uh, every day he was making like little adjustments to it. It was awesome. See, I have to start early. I do not grow facial hair quickly <laughs> at all. Not like. Our friend over here. Yeah, I'm part Sasquatch. <laughs> you just grow it. And, you uh, just look at if it. If I look at your beard, then I've got like four you're, times the size. You're completely clean shaven now, though. Like, um, what, what was the what was the yeah. play here? But here's the thing: like, I had a huge beard. I shaved it and did yeah. that video, and then literally, like, I, I was like, man, this beard is right back, like where it was. Like, <laughs> I'm sure the last time we did our podcast, it was like a pretty pretty thick. I yeah. don't know, but uh, yep, uh, keeps coming back. I don't know why. I like it. <laughs> wax, gotta wax it. Anyway, so my week, let's stop talking about facial hair. What? Although I like that plan. <laughs> Can we just play, stay with it? Boom All right, you. I can't even think. I like it. Your week. My week. Um, I put in about 14 hours last okay. week. Um, I did end up driving to Utah and back. <laughs> so To everybody else's surprise. Yeah. <laughs> to zero more surprise. time on the bike or in the car? Uh, more time in the car yes. this okay. time. It this was kind of a quick trip. Quick trip. We didn't leave until later on Wednesday. We decided to go down and surprise my daughter for her birthday. She didn't know we were coming. Uh, she turned 23 years old. Is this Kelsey? Which daughter? Is Kelsey. Kelsey. Yes. Oldest daughter, yep. My oldest daughter. And so, uh, yeah, we just, we drove like to Boise and, and, and spent the night in Boise. I did a, a ride in Boise called the Dump Loop. It is a very popular Excuse ride. <laughs> the Dump Loop. Because there's like this 25 mile loop that goes past the the dump, the dump, yep. And there's you know 1,500 or 2,000 feet of climbing in it, and so there's some there's some good efforts in it. Mm-hmm. And so I did the dump loop while I was there. I was not a, I, it was cold. I thought there was gonna be snow on the ground, so I rode my gravel bike. It turned out I could have totally ridden my road bike, but mm-hmm. I did you I ride mean, by yourself. I rode by myself. Okay. Yep. Um, we got back and then we ended up driving all the way to uh, Utah and we went and just knocked on our door and surprised her with flowers and balloons and gifts and she That's was just cool. it was it was awesome it was Good. just like a it was a great evening now all your kids time. are gonna be expecting I know we've they're just gonna be like waiting by the door <laughs> <and set>. up, <laughs> yeah up is are my parents gonna are be behind the door <laughs> don't know so that was really fun so. We didn't spend much time there. Um, I had an investor meeting in in Utah as well, okay. so I, was, double, I did a little duty. bit of business, yep. yeah, while I was there, and and then I jammed back. I, I actually ended up doing another uh, trainer road workout, indoor workout on the Omnium trainer from okay. Feedback Sports in a hotel room. We actually stayed in a hotel room uh, one night. I saw the picture. That's a pretty portable. Yeah, very. Right there. That's I mean, the beauty of it. What can you fold that into? Like, could it's you just put that little, into a suitcase almost? You could almost put it into a bigger suitcase, but it it's, comes in its own little carrying case that is oh, easily checked. A little bit. It, it folds down all the way to like a little bit bigger than like a shoe box, right? Like, yes. Not that bad. I need to get one of them. 
Gotcha. You need something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it pretty you know, light. Yes, it's very light. It's nice. not it's, that big. It's, it's not stable and sturdy at the same time. They're correct. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Checks a lot of boxes. Yeah. Yeah. So I was able to get one of my workouts in uh, there, and then I jam. We we drove all the way home Saturday. The we spent the full day driving, like twelve hours straight. So drove, drove straight home. So I was home Sunday morning. I actually woke up Sunday morning and I buzzed down and did the Savi shootout. Hey, did you? I saw I saw that you did. Uh, oh, how many Sunday. people were at the the Savi like this time of you year? How many people were there? there? I've been was, to it once. I loved okay. it. It yeah. was like thirty people. Oh, it was a big group. For thirty this time or thirty five people. There were quite a few people there. It didn't yeah. really rain. It sprinkled a little bit right. because Sunday ended up being fairly good weather. Yeah. And man, that was just a fun ride. You know, the Sabi Shootout. It's it's a it's a local group ride that's put on every Sunday morning. Um, Sabi's Island is an island that has a 12 mile loop on it that is pretty lightly trafficked, and the Sabi Shootout does two loops of that. And it's it's a drop ride. It is a race simulation. <laughs> yeah, it ride. is the definition of a drop ride. Yeah, it is. It's a race simulation <laughs> right. ride. So you show up and you you go you, easy out to the island. You go easy out to the island. As soon as you cross the bridge, it's game on. Yeah. Did somebody and, attack from the bridge? Um, there weren't as many attacks. I feel like ah, people yeah. chill out a little bit in the wintertime. A, a but, little bit. It depends one time on how I many wanted, people on certain teams. A guy just went teams. straight from the bridge. Yeah. And yeah. Some people go and some people don't. And, and everything got chased down. No, mm-hmm. Nobody got away. Okay. I, I took a couple digs and you know, got 20 seconds up the road with a, with really? a couple guys, but, but just didn't get away. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's fun. You, you take hard efforts, you try breakaways, you pull breakaways back. There's a couple of sprint points where you go like super hard under the bridge. Yes. Sprint yeah. Point. I don't know where the other, there's a are. 12 mile loop and it ends coming under the bridge that goes onto Sabi's Island. And that's the the final sprint point. And then you kind of end next to this like little convenience shop, yeah, there's right? A little convenience store, yeah. 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 On the island. But yeah, it was. You stop in there, get an energy drink. <laughs> get a Coca Cola energy not. drink. Go for the second lap. <laughs> it was super fun to be out there and just kind of yeah. mix it up. And, you know, you learn race technique and race yeah. etiquette and riding in a pack and riding, you know, yeah. and watching for breaks. And so that was. Did that you know funny. anyone out there, or uh, we had a teammate show up, Rodrigo uh, Colon? Oh, yeah. Rodrigo's there, nice. Yep. He showed up. That's his style of racing, right it there. It is, yep. yeah, flat and with sprints. He's very good at that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, cool. um, I, I tried to do some efforts for him a little bit. I, I know lots of other people just from racing. Right. There were lots of people I talked to. Was Robert there? Robert was not. Uh, no. The one time I was there, Robert was there. Yeah, he yeah. rode later in the day, I think. Gotcha. But. In the yeah. thick of training. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun to be a part of. Cool. So it's not something I have been able to go to very often yeah. because it's on Sunday. Right. But uh, it just worked out for me. Full disclosure, great. I've never been. And yeah, I still kick go. myself about oh, that like, all the time. I think you would like that. Oh, yeah. 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 And Andrew Springer, or some guy. <laughs> Andrew Springer is the guy who started it. Yeah. Okay. And he's and he promotes it every week on social media. He does a fantastic yeah, job. He, is he it, makes like little graphics for it every week that yeah. are just so clever and so well done. Are I they mean, on the guys, is it on Instagram? Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. Okay. yeah. What do we search for to find it? Savvy Shootout. Yep. S A U V I E Shootout. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. I've I've threatened to go so many times, and it's just always been one of those things where it just doesn't work right in my schedule to get yeah. all the way over there at that time of the morning yeah. because of stuff going on with the family or we, however my race week is set up or we gotta, my like, training program. Yeah. Pick like a spring weekend. Yeah. Where we yeah. can just like have you know 
yeah. somebody like and like Lance said for you for a minute. <laughs> even if you're not like a cat one two guy, because those those guys show up. Oh yeah, and they're super oh, strong. Yeah. There's some heavy hitters. There. Even if you're not one of those guys or gals, still show up because you learn mm-hmm. a lot from this. Especially yeah. if you want to get better on the the road racing scene or in the road racing scene, that's a perfect place to go to mm-hmm. cut your teeth and to learn and to pick people's brains and watch how things roll out. Um, you can get a lot of those yep. nuances and it even breaks kind of into multiple races too. Cause there's always kind of that, that, you know, group that'll yo-yo off the back, but oh, yeah, yeah. that's great. Cause they got to learn how to work together to catch that group. Yep. I mean, they basically just end up attacking to try and get back to the group, sure. which is great. Yeah. And I know the one time I went, Kim came out with us Yeah, and Kim was killing it to stay with that group. And that last lap, she had to keep on catching back up, but talk about a good workout. Yeah. That was, sure. yeah. Yep. So it was fun. Mm-hmm. I went out there and cut my teeth a little bit with them which yeah. i was just happy that i like was in the mix i was able to stay with so them. you stayed with the league group yeah and where'd you end up at uh you know i i think the final sprint i was like seventh or something like that i i did not stay with the front guys rodrigo i think won did, it did or, he really yeah Good for or him. was second merrick okay. latinsky who is another cat one heavy hitter here yeah. in the portland area he was in the mix every time as well sure so, um, yeah, <laughs> the picture that they posted to Instagram is, uh, just like a group of you guys under the bridge or something like that. And it says that sucked. It was too sunny and too nice. Yeah. Everyone was too chill. <laughs> Roads were too perfect. I hate days like that. <laughs> I'm done with bikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an awesome day. It yeah. was, it was pretty awesome. Cool. So that's my week. Sweet. I'll backpedal real quick and then we'll jump into the next thing. Um, did a couple of the team rides this week, which was a lot of fun. And I was able to just between those two team rides, log in four hours for um, basically for me, that's pretty good. And that actually yeah. parlayed in. Well, actually, you know what? I did three team rides. We'll get into the last one in just a second. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I got in 11 hours this week, guys. Oh, wow. That's wow. first we time. And God hours. knows how like the. The last time I got in more than 10 hours, and that used to be my mainstay, my norm. Like, I, if I ever was under 10 hours, even by five minutes, I'd be pissed at myself. And now I can't even get up to 10 hours just because life and stupid shoulders and stuff like that. But um, but the last time was all the way back in October when I did the MS ride. And, you know, for obvious reasons, I was doing a lot of riding that weekend, so I was able to get over that. But um, I did the, the cycling team ride on Tuesday, which was a great ride and good yep. workout and people beating up on each other there and we did some more work on um you know some hill climbing stuff so it was a lot of interval work on that particular ride uh then we did the triathlon team ride on thursdays which Mm -hmm. is turning out to be another great ride we had yeah i mean it was a smaller group i think there was like five or six people or something like that but i think more people should show up for that because it's a good if you're just looking for a good z2 workout a little Mm -hmm. zone two workout it's perfect for an hour and a half um alan led that particular ride as well and it was a good workout as we get closer to spring too alan's going to put in some workouts into there and so will i so it'll go like those group rides where you can have in a workout (laughs) exactly and then the last group ride which actually was pretty cool was i rode with the juniors last night so oh i saw that yeah yeah, yeah, the little the little ends so hey was on there with you right Huh? Hayden was on there with you, right? No, Hayden didn't. He wasn't on that ride, but there was Whitney Hayden, who was one of oh, our, our gotcha. young, young juniors. Gotcha, uh, she yeah. is, God, what is she, nine? She is so flipping strong. <laughs> that is awesome. And yeah, my son was riding with me too. So we're in the office and I'm on my bike and he's on his bike. We're both swift and away. And, um, you know, the keep everybody together thing was on the rubber band, if you will. So nobody's mm-hmm. getting dropped. But at one point in time, um, one of the, the kids comes around him and, He's like, God, I'm having a hard time keeping up with that 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 kid. How old are they? And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, that, that's her. she is. Um, you know, 
like I, th- I think I said nine years old. I think that's how old she is. Um, and he's like, "What?" And he like hunkered down. He's like, "I gotta catch back up with her." <laughs> so, but um, yeah, we've got we've got growing um, interest in the, the team rights with the, the juniors, mm-hmm. which is pretty great. And I think last night we had only three or four kids, but that's because um, this week a lot of the school districts around here are off today, and so a lot of kids are yeah. out of um, mm-hmm. out of school, and parents took them out of town and like, went to do skiing stuff and whatnot. So It's like end of winter term it's or like something? Grading no. day. Grading yeah. day, okay. So um, the kids have a three-day weekend. So This is this is what families do with three-day weekends around here. It's like, let's go to the mountains or the <laughs> beach. I think I yeah. parked in your so wife's parking spot <laughs> then, so maybe I'm in trouble. No, well, <laughs> she's, she's an administrator, so she's working oh, today. So. Okay. Um, but anyway, so that was about to get yelled at. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun (laughs) riding with those kids and our juniors rides are going to be on, um, Sundays and Thursdays. And we're going to have quite a few kids that are going to be showing up to these things and and really starting to do a lot of work together. Um, so I'm really excited to see what they can roll into the season with. Absolutely. And then as Evan mentioned, we did that gravel ride, which was butter. But so fun until yes. my shoulder wanted to fall off. No, really? <laughs> that was, did it bother your shoulder? Jake's Jake's shoulder made it to about mile 50 and then it was, it, it was started like bad. really yeah. like talking back to me. And then about like mile 50, like Evan said, it yeah. was just, it was in all kinds the, of, the gravel took its toll. How far <laughs> is the ride? About a hundred K. I mean, it was what the 60 miles. Yeah, yeah. 60 miles. So yeah, we got, it was, I was getting like, like pinpoint, like, like pain that was like starting yeah. to radiate out and I was starting to get like, like you really knots and I was starting really to get like relax. spasms. And, yeah. Yeah. There, there's really no relaxing on ground. Like you're <laughs> for your legs or your arms. There yeah. really is no well, relaxing. You know, you're starting to climb and you're like, you, you can't put any pressure on your, your bad shoulder. And so everything's going on your good shoulder. And like all of a yeah. sudden, like the good shoulders, like starting to get fatigued and like the tricep is starting to wear out and like just falling apart. So the guys at 50 miles all started floating away from me. I'm like, yeah, just keep going. I mean, but me, me and Jake almost got lost there getting back to, yeah. but let we'll the record show me and Jake rode the longest on that day. We did. So. Did you, <laughs> do you feel okay today? How's it feel? Um, you take it easy for the, uh, you know what? It, it's still a little bit sore today. It's not mm-hmm. as bad as I thought it was. I was really hoping that I wasn't going to get into a situation where I hurt it again. But yeah. um, I think part of it too is doing Pilates on Fridays. Yeah, we did. Matt and I we do did Pilates, Pilates on Friday. Neither of us mentioned. I, it, yeah. I think that that's um, probably going to have to be something I'll have to talk to you about. Maybe moving that to a different day of the week because parlaying could do that. Yeah. like Pilates and and then going into a, a, weekend, a weekend ride, a tough ride. A I think one. that's yeah. proving to be a little bit too much for okay. me. But. Anyway, um, it is what it is. All the the shoulder crap aside, that was a fantastic ride. Oh, yeah. Again, that's such if, a spectacular venue. If Ray Stadium Hill has that weather, that would be just 10 degrees warmer. That would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a good time. So, mm-hmm. All right. Lead out news. What you got there, champ? Uh, I got a couple of things. Um, we had the tour of Down Under that finished in Australia. Good day, mate. <laughs> good day. Mm. It, uh, it finished Down Under. It was won again by... Richie Port. Richie Port. So Richie Port uh, won that. It's been interesting because he started posting all his rides on Strava. He really. rides a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Does he? Well, he rides a ton. It's just like <laughs> a lot of tour pros don't post to Strava, yeah, but like Richie secret. Port, yeah, started posting his rides with his power files and everything. I'm seeing on more Strava. pros start posting their power profiles, yeah. which I like that that movement. So I think that's cool. I think that's really cool. There is this thing, you know, you, you, I don't want them to know what kind of training yeah. I'm doing, but. Come on. Everybody I, knows that you're training your butt off. Not it's only just, that, yeah. but okay, so I see that you did, you know, <laughs> you know, four 20-minute intervals at 450. 
I can't do that yeah. anyway. Well, yeah. I'm just going to do that. <laughs> yeah. If I just do that, I can beat Richie Port. I can't go, even do I'm that. 451. Yeah. Right. This That's is, how but, I'm going to beat you. But this is why I like endurance sports is because, like, like, obviously the, the L.A. Lakers aren't going to post their practice plays and all that. But, like, in the cycling world, it's different. It's like, yeah, like, like you said, it's like, yeah. oh, cool. You did 10, by, 10, 10 minutes at 400. Like, right. oh, let me uh, reproduce yeah. that. Oh, I can't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, can't. <laughs> So, yeah, cool that Richie Port won that. Um, the one thing he did lose, there is a climb up Walunga Hill, and uh, he did. he's won that like seven years in a row, and he got beat by a tour rookie. He did. What is the tour rookie's name? Oh, no, oh Lance, I'm trying so hard Richie, right now. Richie Port has 45,000 followers. Now he has another one. Wait. I got it. The, he was beat by on Walunga Hill by Matt Holmes. That's what it was, Matt Holmes, yeah. yep. Who's a tour rookie this year? Which is big because I mean Richie has owned that that climb for years. Yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. So mm-hmm. well, you know, Garrett, there's some new good tour rookies that are coming are. on the scene. So it should a lot be of good young riders coming up. Yep. Did he um, win that on a trek bike? Um, he won that on the trek team. I imagine he painted over the trek bike. Paint? It is probably riding a canyon. So canyon. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll just assume he's painting red. That was his one deal. With he's like, I'm not riding a trek bike though. <laughs> Um, and other cycling news, the cyclocross world championships are coming up next Sunday, February 2nd. We should have like a watch a viewing party. Well, it's kind of weird. That is Super Bowl Sunday as well. Oh, so, well, it was a but, Super Bowl party. Uh, but wait, but, are you going to be out of town to sh- do your shaving thing? Yes, I will be. Right. I will not be here. So, so yeah. So, but Super Bowl is not like till four in the afternoon and this will go off at like eight in the morning yeah. or something like that. It's so, like trainer ride time. <laughs> So for people that don't know, Lance has a group of friends that he does football, fantasy football stuff, and the loser has to shave their legs or get their legs waxed. Get their legs waxed. That's so, much more humiliating than shaving your legs. So Lance <laughs> loses on purpose every year so that he can get his legs waxed for free because the guys have to By pitch By the start in. of the season, it's perfect, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have perf- I have underperformed in my fantasy football league the last two years. Yeah, only a disappointing years, fantasy football career so far for Lance. Very disappointing. They know to like make sure that you lose so that you know it's like he'll he'll play ball. He'll That's get right. he'll get he'll wet. do it. He'll, he'll do whatever. Do he'll do anything. It's funny, so I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, so it's yeah. all good. So that's that's kind of exciting. Um, other than that, not a whole other news. Although there was a tour in China, the tour of Hainan. Oh yeah, of course. That was canceled. <laughs> I saw that because of this coronavirus oh, mess. Okay. So, I did see that. That virus. Yeah, it's. I I wonder if that is the first cycling race canceled because, because of, a of a virus. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Freaky, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. That's all the news. Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey. Mm-hmm. Ow. <laughs> Love it. All right. Our topic for the day. It's kind of timely because uh, we did a lot of this over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Gravel bike riding. Yes. Gravel bike riding. Just do you gravel. love it or do you absolutely like it. adore it? <laughs> <laughs> Those are, the Those are your questions. I'll play devil's advocate to that and be like, is it the best ever though? <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to jump into gravel and we're going to talk about everything. Yeah, get into the history, its growing popularity, pros, cons, um, and a bunch of other questions. Um, when we talk about the history, are we just going to be like, well, th- last we weekend just, pe- I rode. People, <laughs> people used to just call it biking because roads were gravel back then. <laughs> we call it history. We were we, we were actually biking. talking about that during the ride at one what? point on that sketchy descent. Yeah. We got done with that, and I, I think it was Surratt was saying he's like, you know, that's 
that's like how the tour used to just be. Yeah. Like that was just yeah. every single descent was that sketchy. And you, if you didn't have like Pat Gravel, you, it was the best thing ever. And the tires were probably thinner and smaller. Oh, yeah. and I can remember back in steel the steel frame, yeah. back riding on like 23s or even 21s sometimes. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. these razor thin wheels and like uh, tires. And you used to see a patch of dirt, and it's like, oh my gosh, don't touch it, go around it, right. you know. And like now, it's just like, just hammer it, let's do it, you know. Yeah. So bikes have changed quite a bit. And I then, think I rode eight eighteens when the when I go, oh my gosh. yeah, when I go ride the there you go, my retro bike in mm-hmm. Michigan when I borrow my my father in law's. Did they used bike. to? God, really dumb history question here. Do we have a history buff on gravel? Did they used to ride eighteens on? Like those roads? I bet you they did. 18, 19s were pretty popular. I don't I know. Mean, I know, at least in the old pictures, it does not look like they're riding 32s. That's for yeah. sure. 21s. I think that was so later. Let's just ask that history question. Does anybody have any history as to like when gravel really started to take root? I know when like cyclocross took root. Well, it's, it's been around for 10, 12 years here in the U.S. And it has really as take, like, taken off. We, get, we definitely have to define that because it's like gravel riding has been around forever, but gravel riding has had as its own bit like yeah. having its own it's races racing. having its own bicycle specific stuff that is way more recent right yes. like yes. they never had bicycle <clears throat> gravel they never had gravel bike categories that, that's yeah. been a six or seven year thing yeah for, you much know, more recent yeah, yeah for much sure more recent back in just like 10 years ago if you're gonna go ride gravel you're not gonna jump on anything that looks like a road bike and, no. and for me i barely even knew what a cyclocross bike was i'm not a story mm-hmm. of a cyclocross historian as, as some of you guys are but if you're gonna go ride off road on something like that like a fire road or gravel road you're jumping on your mountain bike yeah and and just to think that okay well i can go ride a road bike on there i mean that's cool but i don't really want to do that but now they've got a gravel bike that's kind of like that that little gap between that that bridge between a mountain bike and a road bike it kind of serves a lot of purposes and checks a lot of boxes for why both of those bikes are great you know it's a really cool so this uh i knew this off the top of my head and not the google on my (laughs) phone because you know his phone open back in 1886 in the united states so Actually, when when we're talking like what they called mixed terrain racing in Mm -hmm. 1886 in the U.S. Now, in Europe, this was already a thing, but they were looking to use bicycles to replace uh, horses for more mixed terrain travel at that time. So the Army's 25th Infantry stationed at Fort Missoula, Montana, was chosen to test this. And they traveled from Missoula to Yellowstone National Park all by bike. And none of those ropes were paved. So wow. epic ride. There's your first race right there. <laughs> and bet, I'm sure they were racing. I bet racing. you that ride You was know epic. they were racing too. Well, <laughs> they had some gravel tires on a penny farling. I, th- I think so. Yeah. No, so, so I am sure that that was quite the epic ride. Yeah. Huh. That is too cool. So I, I think one of the big events that we can really put our finger on for really putting um, gravel in the main state would be Dirty Kansas, right? Correct. Absolutely. And so yeah. Dirty Kansas actually started back in 2006 yep. with oh, really? 34 riders. So that was like it's kind of like That's it's blown coming. up in the last decade. That's yeah. so cool. Well, it's a decade and a half almost now. Yeah. So you know what? Um, the lottery was announced today. Are you going to check and see if you Dirty got in? Kansas. I did not enter. Oh, oh. I am. I'm not that interested in dirty Kansas. No, you are. Really? You're going to do it. It's 200 miles. But how much yeah. elevation elevation gain is it? It's, it's still like it's a 6,000 feet. You yeah. don't want to sit on that couch? I, I <laughs> don't gonna, know. You're going to do it. But, don't, you're, but you're only lying to yourself right now. It's you, not for you, the you, views. You don't go to dirty Kansas to be like, can't wait to see that beautiful view of Kansas. I, no, I think the roads are pretty cool. They look pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I um, 
it's a it's a big event that would be cool to be a part of, but the actual race itself just it's a long way. I I guess I've tamed a little bit in my don't believe him. What I, I words that are coming out do, of your mouth, I don't believe. I uh-huh. just I just realize I'm not that good in in these longer longer things. Yeah. You know, a hundred miles I'm actually okay with. These two hundred mile races <laughs> it's a is long way. I I think I'd be happy and and fun for like. 120 miles and then the last 80 miles. (laughs) Suck. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I know, I think Chris Surratt had signed up for the. I think he was saying he was going to put his name in that. Did he get a berth? I got to find out. I'm texting him as we speak. You know what? He would do well. He's good at stuff like that. Yes, he is. He's he's done a couple. And he's won a couple 200 mile races here in in the area. He's doing like a mountain bike centric sort of race schedule too coming up. So should get him and Andy Levine together. Those two guys could do some damage. (laughs) Anyway, back to Dirty Kanza. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's, it's, it's a difficult, hard day and it's been around for a long time and it has just grown and grown and been, I wonder if more and more gravel races are gonna do that, where it's like, you know, this one was 2006. You said, yeah, it, that's not that long ago no. to have that much of a following. 14 years ago, yeah. I to, mean, to grow that, I, I can big. just imagine, like, I mean, I know Yamhill is just like our backyard race or whatever, but like, what if Yamhill's that? I can imagine yeah. like these races just getting super popular. Well, like Crusher and the Tusher. Yep. It is like a 70-mile race that was started back in 2010. It's about 10 years old and very, very difficult. Started by a local pro in Utah. Um, and then you have the Belgian Waffle Ride. You have... Oh, yeah. The Belgian um, Waffle Ride is... I mean, that's all... Type that into YouTube and you got all your yep. YouTuber cyclists have all gone to that one. That's, that's a, a tough ride, one. too. That's not so gravelly. It has gravel it's in it. It's road and gravel, yeah, isn't it's it? Yeah. More, it's more gro- road than it is gravel. No, it's so. 140 miles. Yeah. Isn't it's, that kind of the choice? As a lot of guys yep. kind of struggle with, oh, do you go with the road bike yeah. or yeah. do you try to go yeah. with your, your cross? It's yeah. a, a lot of guys are riding road tires, just a beefy tire, like a 28. It's like mm-hmm. 70... I think it's a 70% road and 30 percent gravel Sounds okay. about right. something yeah. like that but one by a tour pro last year on yeah. a road bike yep okay peter Cetina. when do you think i mean do, does yamhill get any pros that come out for that or is there any of those well, this is only their second, second year. year yeah so i mean okay. last year was kind of like let's try this out and see yeah. how it's received it'll grow. i'm sure it'll oh. grow so fast yeah that was my favorite race on the calendar last year mm-hmm. and i've said that a bunch of times and i'll say it again it, it was a great great fun time and it's not even it doesn't even have to be a race for everybody either it's a fondo well, so a you can just show up and right. just go do the ride mm-hmm. and be a part of the whole experience or you can go out there and race it and it's a sanctioned yeah. race so yeah it's fun good times. and you've got races like uh, rebecca's private idaho yep. uh, and they now have a stage race uh, you know which yeah. i've done which three, is cool. or, three or four times are you gonna do that and, again I am not really? going to do it this year. Yeah, it doesn't fall into your fifty-two week training plan. It, it, it out. <laughs> Sorry, that uh, that weekend he has three by ten minutes, and yeah, the yeah. race would be more four, well, five by ten minutes. Yeah, it's, just not, it's not going to work. It's well, now work. week forty-seven can't be solid like yeah, that. Yeah. It's the same weekend as the start of our cyclocross season, which ah, is really what you're I'm all in. Going to focus on this next year. All yeah. chips, yeah, push it in. Push it in. So, yep. All right, so let's let's talk about this. Why is it getting to be so stinking popular? What are some of the pros and cons here of this cars. thing? Cars. 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 Yeah, that's the number one for me. Yeah, so. I mean, when I'm talking on my cell phone and driving and hit a couple cyclists, uh-huh. you know. It, I, I ask them, why were they not on gravel? Yeah, you're why, always getting, why were they not on you're gravel? You're always getting blood on your car. 
<laughs> That's not funny, guys. So, so, come so on. aggressive. Come on, Lance. Don't laugh. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help it. It's not funny. Sarcasm so, uh, just makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, it's a, a, an increase in population, yeah. cars, people driving well, cars, and stupid people driving cars. Let's let's come up with something else besides cars because yeah. we're on the radio. It's absolutely stunningly <laughs> gorgeous. It's gorgeous, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're out there. Like You might see some barns. You might see some... like creatures and animals yeah. and wildlife it's, it's less maybe like road racing by its nature can kind of feel elite at times because like you said so like Yamhill at its core is like a fondo now mm-hmm. you can go there and race hard but you don't have to go and race hard there i think road cycling as much as we're trying to change that image when you pin on that number at a road race there still is that sense of like this is a you know you're gonna get spit out the back like this is a race gonna be a hard day yeah Yeah, you better like stay with the group and almost different on a gravel right it is but almost every one of these gravel rides or or fondos or whatever Mm -hmm. there there there's a whole segment that is racing that is going for it but oh yeah but but everybody else lines up at the same time yep there's there's no there's no categories in gravel yet yeah. So there's see I there's like no I like that about it though because so here's something that I learned about and I could be wrong on part of this but my my French buddy who had lived over uh, here for a bit was talking to me about French and Belgian road racing Th- they start like those gravel races like Just you go to a race and my buddy joked with me he he was so confused doing American racing cuz he, he was joking he's like when you when you do race in France you ask who won and two people raise their hand He's like, here, you ask who won, and 20 people raise their hand. He's like, it makes no sense. And he was so confused. (laughs) It reminds me of like, um, well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't done gravel racing, but like like a road race, like on the running side of things, where you like, everybody lines up, everyone goes. One winner. Correct. Two winners. Male field, male winner. Yep. And then, and you know, in the back of the pack of the, in those road races, that those people aren't killing themselves taking it you know no. they're jogging and having fun and talking to their friends right yeah so that's why the can't same, bike racing the be same that? feel yeah. exactly. with gravel where that, that vibe yeah i think the reason which is awesome the yeah. reason that's you don't exactly have how it that should be. i think the reason you don't have that in bike racing is because you're on the road and you're going hard and it's dangerous and, and a looped course too you, you think about a loop course it changes true. kind of the dynamic a little yeah. bit that's true you know? well there's plenty of races or fondos mm-hmm. right there are there a fondo are. in in road racing a fondo is definitely different than a race yes mm-hmm. you know you're entering a race even though you can race a fondo and that top 10 percent is is probably racing. all racing yep. very hard but everybody else is just cruising, cruising and yeah. trying to finish their first century or something yep. like that mm-hmm. and, you know so yep. that i think it. i think that that that's a good point though lance is like i think gravel's done a good job of combining that because i mean you look at like a fondo and a road race as two separate things gravel has almost like brought those two things into the same sort of yeah. event like you can go and be like i just want to get through this race with my buddies or you can go there and be like i've trained six months for this race i'm gonna go out there going and try and win this race well, yeah the, the thing about it is because it's so new we just don't have elitism in it yet. elitism in it yet or or, or categories structure. or structure it just, just hasn't it developed way quite yet yeah. well and, and that, will it or will it not i don't know it, well there it, are teams coming into it now yeah well there it seems, it seems to me it. like it is very much on on the the onus is on the race directors correct and they are not um i would it's my impression that they are not um cooperating with each other yep uh and and that's okay like they are each race is very different and individual and that's cool and I don't think anyone has a problem with that. I think 
you know, you they could like, hey, we're all going to meet and we're going to say yes to categories and yes, I mean, we're going to yeah. follow the road racing structure. Yeah. They could easily do that, but, but they're not. Is, but they haven't. But yet. it is cool because each race kind of does have that like that uh, it's its own flavor. I mean, like some some yeah, road races have that, cool. but there are definitely some other road races where it's just like, all right, check but, this one but, off the calendar. But like, most of the road races are like they fall underneath some sort of, you know, Overseen governing or, body yeah, or exactly. whatever. And then that yeah. is because we have these rules. Whereas gravel is like, yeah. Like, can you imagine like dirty, dirty Kansas? That, yeah. Like, can you imagine them being like, being like, Oh no, us, you know, USA cycling is, is telling dirty Kansas what to do. They're just, yeah, no, you nope, know, we're going to do, we're going to do our race. Like, yeah. no, there's going to be a couch in the middle of the road. Like that's what we do. And we want yeah. everybody to stop and take a picture on the couch. Yeah. And that's, like, that's, that's what every, well, everybody does. It. That's not USA yep. cycling. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. But I mean, like, USA cycling is like, I'm sorry, you can't have this race unless the couch is at mile 110. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but I mean, like smaller races might be, you know, easier to influence. Maybe Yamhill or you know some of these races that are new maybe, or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. But I my but gut these smaller feeling, races seem to grow very. I mean, they seem to be growing. They see now. I'm not looking at their books or anything like that. But it seems like their people are talking well, about it. Here's the thing. It is. It is like. It's in its infancy yeah. right now, gravel racing, especially in the U.S. And it's super hot in the U.S. right now. Yeah. And it's not quite as hot in other places as it is in the U.S. right now. We have this huge, growing gravel scene right now. It's like when, it's like mountain biking in the '80s. It just like exploded, that and that's that's kind of what's happening with gravel right now. Watch, which is why we have all this advancement in technology and bikes, and and you have tour pros starting to do races, and the races are becoming much more competitive mm-hmm. and more difficult to do or to try to hang with that front group and so it's just booming right now and it's a little it's unregulated kind mm-hmm. of yeah so race you know wild, directors wild can west kind of cycling they do what they want did you get drug tested i have not been drug tested <laughs> i actually wore my gravel uniform today because this is this is the vibe you get in a oh in yeah. a in a gravel event what am i wearing Flannel, flannel. flannel. <laughs> flannel, and you've got no pants on, and <laughs> no pants, and you've flannel, got and facial hair, and you got your, you got your man. Do you know what I was hair. thinking about for Yamhill too? Is I think I need to wear a buff or something because my contacts get so oh. dusty during these. Me and Jake were talking about this with. I know you were talking about in California when that happened. Like, yeah, I, I probably couldn't even ride in the situations you were. My contacts would be toast, and I'd be dead blind. But there's. I mean, like, I, I I need to, as Lance pulls out, it's not that, not that handkerchief. You've been wiping, wiping your face with that with disgusting it. Just thing. Give it to Lance. Oh, my God. Lance, just give that, give that hanky to the old Evan. Here you go. Just mid-race. I'm like, oh, God, I have to do this. <laughs> I have to do this. <laughs> um, I, I do almost every gravel race with a, a neck gator type of thing that I can gotcha. pull. I need to start doing that. That I can pull over my nose and my mouth because right. if it's dry and dusty um, and you're in a pace line, and if you're racing a gravel race, you're gonna be in a group most likely. Yeah, and and is, there's oh, I, just I, I was dust planning on just going off the front and just uh, winning it from we'll the start. Have at it. That, that is, can no, happen too. This is but, good advice. Oh, that won't happen. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so and, and I only started doing this because you know I see Yuri Hosfeld doing right. it, and I see I see you know Rebecca Rush doing it. I see these now, all of our listeners pros are like well, they're all riding with a with a buff yeah. that they can pull over their mouth, and I'm like. Oh, you get so hot and it's hard to breathe and then 
And then I go out and do a race, and oh my gosh, I just breathed in gravel dust yeah. for four hours, just and coughing I'm, I'm coughing. And yeah, <laughs> is that worse than smoking a pack of cigarettes? Do you think? It just they, when you're not they used to, to the both. hacking, <laughs> it cancels each other out. <laughs> That's why they were smoking in the old Tour de France. As I get it now, smoking at the same time. Yeah. So yeah, riding with that buff, I would pull it over. If I was in a pace line, I'd pull it over my yeah, nose yeah. and mouth, and just cool. and try to breathe a little bit more filtered air. Or if a car passes you. Yeah. There are some cars out there, but they're or just not that many. Jake, maybe if a, <laughs> a truck, a farmer comes by you and decides to spray pesticides straight into your oh lungs. Oh, my <laughs> God. Seven <laughs> and I got crop dusted by a like, big old tractor. Very, very crop. Like, you know those high tractors with the big boom arms that <laughs> right. go out and sprays yeah. down on the crops? Uh-huh. We had one of those guys dust us, and he was driving down the road, like the the, the asphalt road. Still this is like the last, it. Yep. and like he sees us, and he brings his he just brings his arms back in in time, but he didn't turn off the sprayers, and we just got like full like dusted of like insecticide. It was insecticide and chemicals, and that's all you could smell and taste. And like I, I took a deep breath in because I could see it coming. It. And <laughs> like, hold your oh, oh, yeah, that it was horrible. Pretty nasty. Wow. I I caught it on the GoPro too. And oh, I it's said, great. I a picture yeah, it's like, it. There's our buddy right here. <laughs> Did you see a lot of cars? How many cars did you guys see, do you think? Over 60 miles, um, minus that last little road Ten. section. No. Maybe. Like on the gravel roads? Yeah, on the gravel roads. Maybe three or four. Maybe three or four, yeah. yeah there were like a couple one, trucks. One tractor and three or four cars? In about 54 miles, we saw, well, that, and that was the latter part. That was like the last like two miles riding, yeah, we were riding back into town point. into Yamhill. We were on like an actual paved road. Yeah. That's where we saw a few cars. But when we're out on the gravel roads, it was only just a couple cars, like three or four cars maybe. Were yeah. They, were they nice? It was just that one section too where we there were. There was one a-hole that was flying down the oh, gravel road. Oh, he was flooring it. He must have yeah. been going 50 miles an hour uh, in a section where he had no business going 50 miles an hour no. in this little car. I mean, there was there's a wide enough space, but he still should have slowed down. And just I don't. I, I would never want to be driving that fast on gravel and whatever he was in either. So little yeah. sedan, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah. yep. Um, finish what you were saying though. Sorry, I don't need to catch up. I've lost whole train of thought. Got a question. <laughs> got a question for the tri- triathlon guy sitting at yeah. the table. Oh here. yeah. So we've got Xterra. And Xterra, you're typically mm-hmm. doing this on a mountain bike. Yes. Do you think yep. that triathlon will fully embrace or ever fully embrace the gravel scene to do something totally. off-road? God, I so hope Absolutely. they do. Do you know how awesome that would be? Well, here's the thing. It'd be so much easier to to do. It'd be it'd be much easier for the race organizers. I mean, yeah. to find the proximity to a body of water that you can swim Easy. in. It might be Which, a bit of a challenge. I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't oh, think really? it's in this well, area. Think no, about, that would I mean, be too bad. Think about when you go out camping and whatever and you 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 come across this amazing lake and it's like oh, there you go yeah. you have the beautiful water that you can swim in and, and of course you have to take a gravel road to get there well to me it's like man that's a two thumbs up right there right mm-hmm. like you get this beautiful gravel yep. road and you get this beautiful lake don't so, need to bring in the city cops to shut down intersections yeah but you might still should if it's a road then uh, and you're having and a run well, yeah. on it yeah. Yeah. Um, still i'm then, saying i think you would need less it I would mean, probably be easier yeah. 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 Logistics wise, there's some potential there. And then I think running on that same kind of stuff is, in my mind, that's like, oh, it's awesome. Butter. <laughs> Do we butter say butter? Gravel. Are we allowed to say butter on this podcast? <laughs> Do we talk about butter yet? <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, I would be all for it. It's a very different element, you know, when, you, when you're doing, um, when you're doing triathlons, you're typically in aero bars and aero yeah, helmets yeah, and all yeah, this yeah. stuff. And that doesn't 
exist well, as much on a gravel bike. But Maybe everybody's going to be riding a there. bike that's somewhat similar, so it's all going to be relative, right? So, I mean, well, well, that's the question. to a certain degree, but are, are triathletes going to go out and buy a gravel-specific bike? Uh, who knows? Are they going to maybe go grab a cross bike that they, if they have a cross bike, th- it their would, neighbor has? It right? would be, but it could bring in a lot of new people to it, too, because yeah, it would be people think? who are like, I don't want to go spend four or $5,000 on a tri-bike, and you go and just buy a cross, I mean, you, cross yeah. bike. So I think it's a, more in the 800 to 1200 range. Yeah. I think Xterra is a little bit more established at this point. Mm-hmm. I think a gravel race would be a, a niche kind of race, yeah. which I think is okay. Yeah. I think it would attract a small yeah. group of people so, and I would be all for it. I would be in that small group. Of would people. you rather go yeah, do a, a, like a bicycle trail, like a mountain bike trail race? versus the gravel roads that we rode on at oh, Yamhill. Much rather do the gravel roads. I would 100% rather be on gravel than that. Yeah, Evan doesn't ride mountain bikes. I do not ride mountain yeah. bikes, yeah. <laughs> and neither do I. So I love mountain I, bikes, but but I feel like more more triathletes would be able to translate into gravel better than mountain biking. Just if you're so. looking at the wide range of like yeah. cycling skills in yeah. a triathlon world. I think it would be more of a natural progression for a triathlete to come off of like training on a road bike and doing mm-hmm. TT or like riding on a TT bike and then going and doing gravel as opposed to saying, I want to go try this off-road stuff yeah, and like all of a sudden have to get on a mountain stuff. bike and having yeah. yeah. to have bicycle handling skills that they might <laughs> right. not necessarily be known <laughs> right. for. Um, I think a gravel might be a, na- a, nice, a nice natural balance yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I just think that you would get a smaller group, right? Like, so, so we could put a race together and, and you know, start somewhere. You could do something mm-hmm. like on Mount hood where there's really great lakes and tons of good gravel roads. Ooh, yeah. So you could easily put that race together. I don't think you'd get a huge crowd. I mean, you, you're not going to yeah. go super long. Like your distance is going to be Olympic distance yeah. at the most. You probably do a sprint in an Olympic distance race. You, you two you'd races. have to grow a niche, a, a niche crowd. And I think the m- people that would maybe in this region, you could get a pretty solid show, but it would take some years. It, yeah. would, it would take some time. The the people that would show up would absolutely love it. And they would be your best. It would be a cult best. following. It would yeah. be a cult following. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just one of those things where you would. Do you remember the Overland Triathlon? Yeah. Do you think we could like. Talk to Eric and be no, like, I mean, hey, those you want are, to start the coolest race of all time? We could do it. It's yeah. just like that's, you know, with that group, you're talking about 20 people. And it's like, right, right. That's, that's great. Yeah. But that triathlon's already a small sport. So yeah. it's it's just tough. It's a tough sell. Yeah. So we'll see. But I think for cycling, it's an, it's an awesome progression. Because as we've talked on this podcast before about the death of road racing, and I say that like tongue in cheek. I mean, we've, you know, we, we, we read these articles that are right. not exactly positive about the outlook of road racing right now. I think gravel racing is the exact opposite where it's this awesome, like looking into the future of, Hey, if this Looks thing keeps good. on growing at the rate that it's growing, that's good. Well, it's so. in its grassroots, you know, growing phase right now. Mm-hmm. So Do you think it's going to max out yep. people? It, it'll max out. At it some will. Point and people are just going to be like, and that's our number. And yep. it's not that big. I, I, don't, to, I don't know if that'll happen in, in the next two years, but it's going to max out in the next 10 for sure. It's been around for 10 years. It's been growing every year since right. then, but it will hit a point where it will max. Yeah. It'd be I interesting. Think. Yeah. Unless we can get more people out riding bikes. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> um, real quick then another couple uh, questions for you here. Um, do you got any good tips for us? Lance already came up with the best tip yet. <laughs> it's the, ride with the, the buff. buff. Ride with the, the buff. buff. Any That's other tips one. you can give us though? Make sure that you wear <clears throat> thick socks around your shins. We were talking about this during the ride because uh, I mean, stuff kick up. Well, it, and that's just why I found like I have this pair of skiing socks that I wear, and it really dulls the blow of a rock getting shot at and, your shin. Real and nice. And it's not you that's shooting the bike; it's the your buddy yeah, it's everybody that's right else around just, you. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, you hear this rock going ping, like hitting yep. somebody's tire or frame, or like out in the bushes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what I've found most in in the gravel races that I've done 
it is there is a lot more road like race tactics and racing than I expected. Yeah. Um I'm I'm in a pace line almost the entire race or I'm in a group or I'm working with right. two or three certain people to try to pull somebody back or to pull away from somebody. So there if if you're racing in a gravel race, it's good to know road racing strategies. Strategy. Yeah. But yeah. you're missing out on the views. When you're racing, you're racing. You're not kind of you're not looking at the, the yeah. goat chewing on now, a correct. wire. Now, Lance, and if you're if you're experiencing the race or if you're racing it. Now, yeah. when you're racing, Lance, let's say that you're going down. There, there's a little bit deeper gravel, let's say, in a section. I think now, w- would you say the difference maybe is that in a road race, there's many different lines you can choose there, and gravel really narrows down the areas that you can kind of slot yeah. yourself? It, um, every... Every race I've done, all the descents, it splits up. The, yeah. The descents split up because yeah. uh, it's just so much more. Everybody's descending ability is different. Mm-hmm. And once you hit the flat after the descent, you end up kind of grouping back up. Or if you, you know, hit the climb, it kind of groups back up. But there's there's a lot yeah. of road racing strategy that goes if you're actually going to race the gravel races. Well, also, I feel like descending is so, so much more important on the gravel than it is obviously on the road, because if you're yep. a sketchy descender, you're going to break even more on gravel yeah. than you ever would on the road. Yeah. 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 What about non-racing situations? Now, some of the things that come to mind for me is like, which can kind of be slotted into that con part of like gravel racing is like, it's very remote. You're going to be out. Yes. You could theoretically be out in the middle of nowhere. We're talking about no cell service. We're talking yes. about like the potential for mechanicals or injury. Um, what kind of tips would you give folks for um, going out and just doing gravel rides just to be prepared? Well, this is a very unpopular opinion, especially in road racing, road racing. but um, on almost all my gravel rides and gravel races, I wear a backpack. Yep. Uh, that's not a bad idea. I, when I, we were doing the ride this past weekend, John Hatfield was wearing a, wearing a backpack. backpack. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, you know what? That's actually not a half bad idea. No. Mm-hmm. I, I, I use a, a Camelback product called the Chase Vest. Uh-huh. And why did I get the Chase Vest? Because Yuri Hasbold has one and Rebecca yeah. Rush has one. <laughs> and I saw all these, you know, fast pros that were all race doing these sure. races with a backpack. So you have a water reservoir in it, uh, but you can also have more gear yeah. potentially for mechanicals. So a couple of tubes instead of just what's in your flat kit. Right. Um, extra you... sealant if you might potentially need it. A plug kit for your tubeless right. tire. I need all these things. Um, yeah. You know, you can carry like three or four CO2s instead of just the one or two that's in your, you do know. You do a or chain, just a hand pump. Like something work on a chain, you know. I, chain I haven't. No, I haven't taken that. A chain but, breaker, yep. But, uh, you know, you're... You can just take more stuff. Plus, right. you can pack more food in it. It's not just in your pockets. It's a right. lot more accessible. They, These vests have pockets on the front straps that are easy to access. Yeah, yeah. easy to access. You put all your food and stuff in there. And so, um, yeah, I've done I, – I, I started doing it with a chase vest. And Have you weighed said chase vest when you get it all packed up to see how much more it's going to weigh you? It's like 10 pounds be- yeah. because but it's, worth, it's mostly That's the trade-off. Water. That's the trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if it's getting lighter as the day goes on because you're consuming the water, then that's not terrible and bad. And if you don't have to stop at a at – a, Rest station. At a rest station to to refuel. It's a minute to two minutes right there. Yeah. Uh, Have you given any thought to that satellite phone? 
<laughs> I have not. That's like super heavy and expensive. Is it? Okay. So, yeah. I think you should consider it for I, some of this crazy Matt's stuff you do. worried about me. Okay. Out in the middle by Lance is so. guilty of this one. <clears throat> and my recommendation would be when you go do these gravel rides, do it with somebody else. Yeah. Lance, or tell somebody where you're going. You're going. Yeah, that's a good one, too. <laughs> that would but be. riding with somebody else, obviously, if like something goes awry, like having somebody there with you is going to be good. <laughs> you know, If you have a wreck, if you have a mechanical, the likelihood of them having maybe something that you don't have or being an extra set of hands to fix things or to, to care for you or vice right. versa, I think that's a pretty sound idea. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I, I do these races with a backpack, and I, yeah. I think a lot of the faster guys do that as well the trade-off is worth it do you travel i got a frog in my throat here do you travel with any first aid um no no yeah we've talked about that maybe um alan plank might have mentioned like Mm -hmm. hey don't you think that you know some there's some things i don't know if it's alan plank someone someone recommended that 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 might be something that we should consider carrying on all of our road rides yeah that's just be able to patch tire be able to patch your face yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so I've, I've crashed in a lot of gravel races, <laughs> but, but it's all, it's all just skin. It's just bleeding. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. you're descending so, and so you far, catch a pothole at 40 miles an hour that you didn't see and you go over the bars and break a few things. I yeah, mean, what that, are you going to do now? Oh, you guys are making happen. this race sound so yeah. awesome right now. <laughs> trying to put a lot of pressure on, on Lance to get this satellite. I'm more worried about you being like out on the adventure van and just being like here's a gravel road and oh just let's like, go ride it i've done that i know you have you always do that but it's just like you know there's a bear attack or there something. was some spot in nevada that i was literally just driving down the road and saw this gravel road that just looked i literally just pulled over and jumped yeah. on my gravel bike i'm riding up that was that great basin national park by chance no that's in utah Oh, uh, no, part of that goes into Nevada, actually. I, I only know that because when I was driving to St. George, I was in Nevada, and part of it was Great Basin National Park, and it was truly the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, there's I mean, nothing out there. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. like scary middle of nowhere. It's like hills have eyes have middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah, so I, I have stopped where there's like <clears throat> no cell service and nothing out there. And, my worry is he's going to get kidnapped yeah. out there. By a, that's but, not that's yeah. not my fear by a bear scrappier than i look by a bear or a cougar. Like, you, can get, you can get far away and sometimes you'll have like a loop in mind and it's like 60 miles or whatever and if you're 30 miles out from your van it's a long walk you know i i've told this story before and this yeah. this happened to me about eight seven or eight years ago where i was on my road bike doing a ride around uh, the Oregon City area of mm-hmm. Portland, and I did not realize that there were 15 miles of gravel, and I was on road tires, right. road width, yep. and, and I totally flatted on it and was literally 20 miles away Anywhere. Yeah. from... There, I had gone through a gate to get on the road, right. and so there were no cars, no there was no cell service, and I literally considered, okay, I'm going to walk for 20 miles to yep. get to a spot where I can get picked up. And that was a bit of an issue. I just, I'm like going online right now to buy a plug kit like as we talk, <laughs> yeah. as we're having this conversation. Because, I mean, I've already proven at this table I am the least prepared for all situations yes. of bad things that can happen. So, like, yeah, we're, we're talking about this people. now. Yeah, it's going to be like, at Yamhill, I'm yeah. just going to like go off the side of the road. Nobody's going to find me. I'm just going to wake up 
So mm. last Radio year, Radio Found. Last year, Rebecca's Proud Idaho in the first. You probably uh, finish your story about oh, where you were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So everyone's gonna be like, <laughs> "What happened? <laughs> he died." I'm still here, and I died. This is the reincarnated yeah. Lance. that's sitting here speaking with you. Well, the old Lance was very different. Um, I ended up um riding on my rim. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because hey, desperate I, times. I, I ruined the, ruin the rim. I ruined done. the rim and the tire. Yeah, and I realized, okay. Um, I'm either going to be four hours walking to get mm-hmm. to somewhere where I get picked up right. or I sacrifice this rim and tire. And of course it was very slow because it's very unsafe to ride on a rim on a rim. Yep. Did you have to descend still in some sections? Um, yeah. And that was super Did you walk slow. The bike down well, the I didn't because yeah. I, I, I was able to manage it. Yeah. But, and the tire can get stuck in. Correct. Yeah, if it comes of, off the yeah, rim, it, yeah. it didn't ever completely come off the rim but yeah. i finally got to a spot and i saved like one tube and one co2 in case i got to a spot where oh where you could ride where i could ride and i i had to do that for like 12 miles or something like that and i got to a spot where i was able to get enough air into a new tube that i made it back to my truck safely but yeah it was a bit sketchy and I was totally unprepared for it. I was on the wrong bike. Well, no, but you were prepared for it because you had years of triathlon training. And as me and Matt know, if you got stuck 20 miles away from your car, but you've run a marathon before, you're like, yeah, technically you can well, still I, make it. That was the thing is I knew, okay, I can Worst walk case roughly scenario. three or four miles an hour. It's yep. going to take me four, four hours. hours. And I, I figured, okay, that's yeah. it's doable if I want to yeah. live. <laughs> So I'm going to do it, right? Yeah. At that point, talk about a forced workout. You're right. like, all right, well, I'm 20 miles away from the and, car. And that was a little premature. I realized after about 10 miles, I was back in you know, cell service, and I was back onto a road where there was some traffic, and I could have flagged somebody down to get me. But that pride at that point. Yeah, pride. right. Right. I'm like, no, I can do it myself. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway. Yeah. Getting back to this other uh, story at Rebecca's Private Idaho this last year, um, on the first stage, um, it was a 50-mile stage, 47-mile stage. I was 10 miles into it, and I, I flatted. Yeah. Now, I'm on tubeless tires, and mm-hmm. what basically I had, I had tried to rail through this rock garden. <laughs> and that went well. And that did not. <laughs> and I ended up flatting. I just... I just missed one sharp rock and my yeah. rear tire flatted. Sealant um, didn't, didn't and did burp it or it didn't burp it. It it actually punctured, punctured it. Okay. And um, how good is so being a complete novice? How good is the sealant on how big like a laceration depends can on what, be? Depends yeah. on what sealant you use. Okay. Stands is, has a little bit smaller particle size than say orange sealant. Orange sealant has a little bit bigger particle size and it. it it's supposed to be able to patch, you know, bigger, patch something bigger. bigger. And I, yeah. I run orange in my, in my stuff. Gotcha. In my tubeless tires. So um, I felt it go flat. I realized it, it wasn't completely flat. So I knew that it sealed, but it needed air. So yeah. I had to, I had to stop, pull off, and I just had to hit it with the CO2. Mm-hmm. But I didn't spin the tire first enough to make sure that that sealed, that sealed that, all the way. That was the part that I was learning this weekend is you like you get it down to the bottom it. and then really spin yeah. it. Yeah. Or, or just make sure that enough sealant is coming out until it stops in that spot. And I was just like, oh, race mode. I don't want to oh, lose yeah. the guy ahead of me too far. If I just hit it with this CO2, I'm only going to lose like 60 seconds. And so, boom, I hit it with my CO2. It pumped back up. 
I went a half mile and had to stop and do it again. Gotcha. Because it just didn't seal quite well. But at that point, it sealed good enough. I did not have to put right. a tube in. I didn't have to pull my tire off. It Those stops were literally like one minute each. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you've, you've learned what you, you know, kind yeah. of need to have. Because so. I've had now the sealant catch twice, but I've never had to put a tube in. So I need to like practice all these things before this race, make sure I can do them quickly. Yeah. Because I'm used to obviously just like, you know, you're 21 on a road bike is right. easy, but that's, yeah. Unless you have a nail that goes straight through it in Vancouver Lake, but yeah. Vancouver <laughs> Lake sometimes. <laughs> a nail I, puncture your rim. <laughs> I have been on a gravel ride before and I and I ripped the tire wide enough that sealant or a plug did not work. Right. What do you do? I was lucky enough that my wife was close by. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, so if you're in the middle of a I'm race done. 20 miles away, you just cry. You just run yeah, back. Yeah, you're just yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and a lot of these races will have some kind of tech, tech supports, you know, somebody on a motorcycle mm-hmm. driving around to, to kind of help things out. You could but theoretically have a whole tire to put on. You got yeah. a backpack, man. You got your backpack. Yeah. Yeah, but then you got to get the sealant on it, too. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty scary it's pretty to ride. pretty rare. That backpack's going to end up weighing 30 pounds over. Yeah. <laughs> we got, I got a lot of st- more stuff that you can add to I the mean, backpack. That's it, what they used to do at the tour, you know, when you see the old pictures, right. they had just the two tires strapped yeah. around them. Yeah, there you go. You know, basically, you're you're planning for flats and for small mechanical stuff. You know, right. anything bigger than that, and your race day is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right, here's an <clears throat> another question and a cough. Uh, sorry about that. Um, what makes gravel bikes different? And that's going to kind of parlay into our next question: is that um, can you use your current bikes for gravel riding? And that there's a big well, maybe. <laughs> so let's yeah. talk about what makes gravel bikes different. Anybody want to jump into that? So, okay, so it's if a geometry you're, question on the bike. Yeah, so yeah. geometry is, is more similar to a road bike compared to a cyclocross bike. They're very, very similar to cyclocross bikes. I think a lot of people, and I'm guessing a percentage of our listeners would, would do this, would be you take a cyclocross bike, you use it as a gravel bike. You can. No yes. problem. No there, problems with that. That's what yeah. I keep on saying is I have a, there is a cycle bike. I actually have a cyclocross yeah. bike. There, it's there a is crux. problems with that, just yeah. so you know. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Lance. <laughs> the major difference between a cyclocross bike and a gravel bike is the geometry. angle, the yes. geometry of your yes. head tube. So yep. how far your front wheel is out ahead of you. Mm-hmm. The farther your front wheel is out ahead of you, the more stable you are, especially right. on descents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be referred to as how slack the, yeah, the bike how is. Yeah, how slack the bike is. The, the gravel bikes are more slack. Correct. And, and they're usually in the 60 degree range, whereas cyclocross bikes are usually in the 40 degree right. range. You need to be able to make tight turns. Uh, There's yes. all kinds of reasons. Thank you, Lance, for, for giving me the excuse why I'm terrible at descending on my cross bike. It, it's it's yeah. much it's more difficult to descend fast on a cyclocross bike than yeah. it is on a gravel bike. See, this is the only reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's a couple other little things, too. Like the head tube is taller, it's and then you have a tall. little bit more of a, a descending top tube which is mm-hmm. going to give you better standover height for the gravel bike, which is going to make it a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. But the, the wheelbase is going to be longer. For, it's going to make it a lot more stable. Yes. Yeah. It's going to be far less twitchy. But and like, the chain stays longer as well, too, yeah. which just gives you, like we were already talking about, gives you that more stable base. And so, a higher yeah. range of gears that you can yeah. ride. Yep. As in Jake's case, which he's riding a, what's your, <laughs> what's your smallest gear? 
Um, well, I'm running a one Biggest by setup, yeah. so yeah. it's a one by twelve setup. So it's a thirty-eight fifty-two. It's a ten fifty. <laughs> oh yeah. my god! So it's, it's got a big, a big range. giant range on it. Now, right now, you have I currently a fifty in the front. Okay. No, the no. front I have a thirty-eight. No, a 38. The rear yeah. is a, it, the smallest cog is a ten, and the biggest is a fifty. He's yeah. trying to climb okay. up the so, side of a mountain. Wow. But yeah. um, I'm like, going to change that from a thirty-eight to a forty-four because gotcha. I'm spinning out a little bit once I hit about 34, 35 miles an hour. Yep. I don't want to be at a hundred and thirty cadence trying to keep up with people on flats and downhills. So. Um, but, uh, the profile of the bike too is going to be a little bit lower to the ground. So you're going to have a little bit better center of gravity exactly. with yeah. the yeah. gravel bike. Whereas the cross bike is going to have a little bit higher Higher-up. of a bottom bracket area, which allows you for, to get your obstacles and yeah. barriers. Right. So, um, there's so a lot me, of little differences there. Let me ask you this. Can you take a gravel bike and use it for cyclocross? Yes, you can, but they're not as snappy, mm-hmm. nimble, cornering. Right. So you do. But if a, you're like Evan and you're not taking. Yes. Yeah. Hey, do, do you think? Do you think Evan should have a gravel bike or a cyclocross bike? If he were to. I don't think Evan is going to actually race cyclocross, so it'd be <laughs> more beneficial to have a gravel bike. Right. But. But he could probably if he does if he does one or two yeah. cyclocross races, he would just use his gravel bike. Yes. Right. So well, for him, the bike that makes the most sense is a gravel bike. Is a gravel bike. Which but is he, why I went out and bought a cyclocross bike. Well, so it's because, <laughs> it's because you had deal. an opportunity and a great deal to oh, get a yeah. cyclocross and bike. Absolutely. So you, you do it. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And I think and Honestly. I've and I've lo- I mean to be honest, outside of I will admit there are some sketchy descents where I definitely don't feel super safe on the bike, but like outside of that, descending wise, it feels great. So, so I think corners like a dream. Yeah. What really you need does. to know is that when you're on your cyclocross bike and you're on a descent, your weight has to be further back. Mm-hmm. If you have your weight yep. more forward, or if you're like in the drops, yeah. you just know. Okay, there's more it's potential for issue cagey. if I'm actually in the drops. You got to be back a little bit further yep. if you're on the. Yep. Here's here's why I know this. So, <laughs> I know, see this, I know this scar, is personal story. experience. See this yeah. scar right here and here. It's gonna be. So, um, I was the first year I did Rebecca's Private Idaho. I went out and pre-rode the course, and I actually rode it on a cyclocross bike. Gotcha. And I was pre-riding one of the courses by myself on a cyclocross bike, and I was doing a descent. Um, I hit a softer patch of gravel, and. I wasn't on in the drops, but as soon as I hit that spot, boom, I went right over the handlebars. Yeah. Just because more weight for it, and I'm totally alone, yeah. no cell service. I yeah. hit my head very hard. Oh. I broke my glasses, you know, re, you know, and I thought, what? I'm actually a good descender. What just happened here? I have ridden this spot, you know, before and and been no, you know, been fine, and that was part of the issue and I realized it's because I'm on my cyclocross bike mm-hmm. the the it's it's a less slack of an angle I have it's more more weight right underneath my hands and weren't you running some 33 tires yep, on there I as well I was also on 33 somebody tires. came up to you at that race and told you hey what you should you run some 40s or something right. like that yeah see I'm I'm riding the 33s right now and since Yam Hill's really the only gravel race I'm looking at doing right. this year I think I'll be fine there but yeah I mean if it's a deeper if you're going to a race and there's going to be deep gravel there, like the 33s are... Or you come borrow an extra set of 40s that I just have oh, sitting yeah. in my garage. Oh, I'm probably going to. I just really <laughs> want to ride the 33s for Yamhill, but if we're doing anything deeper, then I'm definitely... So yeah. once I bought an actual gravel bike. bike and put... And, and I just have 40s on my gravel bike, and, I, mm-hmm. and there are some races where you can get by with 33s or 38s, but man, I'm just so comfortable with those sure. 40s on, and I just like leave them on there. Yeah. I go back and do that same section... On my gravel bike, and and you it don't even blink. You don't Nothing. even blink. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm not even, 
I'm not even nervous that I'm going to go over the handlebars because it just feels that much more stable, especially at speed, especially over looser gravel. It, it was like, it was like I didn't like screw up when I crashed. Mm-hmm. I just it was literally the angle of the head tube that caused the issue. Yeah, and so I can 100% back that up. I mean, <clears throat> for me, the first. Well, I've only done two gravel races. I did the, the Gorge Gravel Grinder, and I did Yamhill. Both um, of those on a cyclocross? Both of those on a cyclocross bike. Both of those bikes were one-by systems, too, and the, the gearing was not even You spun close. out. Yeah, I spun out. Like, I would spin out on those bikes at, like, 27, 28, 29 miles an hour. Yeah. I can at least get a few more miles an hour on mine, and I think I'll have solved once I get that big ring. But you're spinning out. But um, you can definitely feel that twitchiness. But another thing, too— and it's, this is another thing that a lot of people don't think about the comfort level that comes from riding a gravel bike versus a cyclocross bike for longer periods of time. Yes. Yeah. I was like, when we did the Yamhill ride over this weekend, mm-hmm. yes, my shoulder was trashed, but that's because my shoulder's a POS. But the legs um, felt great. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else felt good. Like my back felt good. My legs yeah. felt good. Like I felt like, all right, I, if my shoulder wasn't a problem, I probably could have ridden a full century and been fine on that yeah. bike. It was so comfortable. And I'm riding the BMC. Uh, URS or the URS, which is short for unrestricted, um, which is a great bike. It's got 40 mil tires on there, super cush. It's got that little 10 mil elastomer um, deal in the back end and mm-hmm. the the, um, the seat stays, which actually dampens a lot of the the tra- trail chatter and, and um, you mm-hmm. know the gravel chatter that you're going to pick up from riding on the road. And it softens that up. And you couple that with the geometry of the bike and you've got a really plush ride that's super fun to ride. And that bike's super responsive, too. So I'm, I'm really, really See, high Matt, on that bike right is, now. This is why triathletes are great at this. Is because I'm so used to being incredibly uncomfortable on a yeah. bicycle for extended periods of time. Yeah. Actually, the cyclocross bike for me has been a pretty comfortable ride, I'll yeah. be honest. But I'm also comparing it to like a TT bike. Yeah, like go, going out for three hours in the aero position. Yeah. So it's, I mean, you know, it's very where in that in that aero position, you you hit bars. up you hit a little unevenness in the concrete, and you feel like you just you know yeah. jabbed yourself. I got so. I got another hard question for you guys. Oh boy, yeah. Not we talked about question. we talked about taking a cyclocross bike on the gravel. What about taking a road bike on the gravel? What now? Here, here's we have people who hear do me this out. On the team. Hear me out. Yeah. Now, a lot of your older bikes and things like that have pretty narrow clearances for you know you can only ride so wide of a tire on those. Some yes, some no. But more modern bikes seem to be giving some pretty wide clearance. What are you? What are your thoughts on just taking your your road bike and slapping some bigger tires on there? Twenty eight. So I've yeah. done this. I've done this well, a couple of times as well. You can probably some of the you can get bigger than twenty eights on a lot of the oh, newer, yeah. newer road Definitely. bikes. Definitely. So on my on my uh, on my road bike, I ride a BMC Team Machine. Yep. And it has clearance for twenty eight. Can you go? Can you go bigger? You no. probably. I don't think you go no, much bigger. Or something. You can't go bigger than a twenty eight. We have so, we have mine okay. sitting right there. We can try it. <laughs> well, no, yours is a different frame, and I, that's oh, that was what my gotcha, point was okay. going to get. Because yours is a road machine, not a team machine. Yes, the yes, road machine is yeah. more of like a Roubaix style bike. Um, so you can get a little bit wider. on So it. yeah, the, it's mm-hmm. built more for compliance. It's built more for endurance. It's built more for um, being able to put different kinds of tires in there. So uh-huh. um, like the BMC road machine is like what you have. It, it's kind of like their Swiss Army knife of a yeah. bike, and you yeah. can. 
I have a knobby I gotta pair go of double check, but I want to say that you could put 33s on yes, that bike. good, because I have a real knobby pair of 33s yes. I was hoping to put on I'm there. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on it, but I'm pretty okay. sure that you can put a 33, maybe even a little bit bigger. Um, don't quote me on that. 33s would be okay. I'm yeah. pretty sure 33 will fit on there. Oh, this and made my day. what's nice about that is like this bike then becomes a bike that you can go do gravel rides on. And the mm-hmm. geometry is a yeah. little bit more lax. It is a little bit more like a gravel bike. It's not a full gravel bike, but I would say it's more like a gravel bike than a cross bike is. Right. Well, so, and you could, mm-hmm. ride, you could ride it for cross. You could ride it for gravel. You could so dumb dumb question everything. here. What is the ride comparison on how carbon feels on gravel versus how aluminum feels on gravel? I'm riding aluminum on my gravel right uh, now, and it feels these awesome. guys these guys like don't it. know. They yeah, haven't yeah. Ridden yeah. Well, you're gonna get a carbon. little bit more compliance carbon out for of both. carbon. Okay. It's gonna be a little bit softer. I mean, it's gonna be. See, I like the aluminum ride so far. It feels nice. All right. Yeah. Well, Maybe the carbon ride feels even wait, better. Is it your, your cyclocross yeah. bike is aluminum? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's hard to tell. When you yeah. look at the cross, flex yeah. of aluminum or any kind of a steel bike um, versus carbon fiber, you're just going to get a little bit more flex out of that carbon fiber, which is going to give you a little right. bit more compliance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not going to be like a huge, huge difference, but to a discerning cyclist, they're going to probably yeah. feel that mm-hmm. difference. And some people might like that stiffer feel. Yeah. And if you want to make it a little bit more supple, you can play with tire pressures. I just like knowing that if my bicycle was to get sideswiped by a bull... <laughs> The bike wouldn't snap in half. <laughs> I just like knowing that in the back of my head while I'm riding. You need a steel bike. Steel. I do. Steel or titanium. I needed to be born in the year 19, like 52, but I still, wasn't. You so. can still get steel bikes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll sell you one. I got one. So they should have, as we go into gravel grinding conversation, they should have steel bike races. Like literally I believe, have just a race that like requires I steel bike. That's what uh, Strade Bianchi kind of, or, or the... La Eroica in Tuscany, Italy was. You, oh, you it was only, only steel? You only ride bikes oh. older that were made before like 1972. That's cool. That is awesome. All your equipment <laughs> so has to be awesome. before like 1972 <laughs> and it's fun. on some gravel. And, All right, oh, I'm, yeah. put, I'm putting that but one on the bucket list. That, that's on the bucket um, list right now for me. <laughs> you have a titanium bike, don't you? I do have a titanium rain bike. I feel like that's a great combo. Yeah. It's like, yeah, titanium would be your best around. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to your road bike, can you ride sure, it sure, sure. on gravel yep. question? Um, so my my BMC team machine, 28s. I have 28s on it, and they're 28 tubeless that I'm riding. And you always this. wear, you always go with 28s well, pretty much, don't you? I, well, I, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm road racing, I'd like to have 25s. Do you? Okay. Um, but it depends on the sure. situation. But I've had 28s on it for this last, you mm-hmm. know, six months or something like that. But... But last year I did the um, I did a fondo in Boise, Idaho okay. that was roughly 90 miles or something like that and there were like 30 miles of gravel on it. Mm. And I sense. specifically chose to ride that bike with my 28s yeah. even though there was all this gravel on it and I it did worked just fine yeah did you adjust tire pressure yes. specific to the gravel and then just deal with it on the road i kind of split the difference did you yeah, yeah. i i i want you when you were riding onto the gravel did you like reach your finger down there and like press the press <laughs> <laughs> you have to do it occasionally as the mm-hmm. as the wheel comes yeah. around and the press of valve comes around so you can uh-huh. be real I, fast i did not got a time you only lost three fingers <laughs> lost a couple yeah. of fingers but it was definitely harder to ride through the gravel sections and the mm. gravel was a lot softer than i was anticipating okay. which is much harder on a 28 tire oh, than God, if yeah. you're riding a 40 or a 38 yeah when you start dealing with washboard and you start getting yeah. into that chunkier gravel and there's not really a clear defined line that you can ride on some compact stuff 
those 28s start to feel like right. they might as well be 19s or 20s yeah. or something like that. And I, so. I made the conscious decision, you know, yeah. at the start, I, you know, this is mostly road. I'm going to stick with my road bike yeah. and I'll just make it through the, the gravel stuff. And, you know, it ended up being like a hundred degree day and I fully cramped and blew apart at like mile 70 because it was just way too hot. But that's a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to finish it and finish well on that gravel rock, you know i also told the story a couple weeks ago when i was in louisiana and i went out to do this 80 mile oh, yeah. loop and 50 of it yeah. was gravel and i was on my road bike and not prepared for gravel yeah. but it it also did just fine with 28s running tubeless mm-hmm. so it it all it works it works you can do it it's just less comfortable and right. potentially slower if it's less comfortable for Yam for the Yamhill ride, you've well, done the race. I would have. Would you ever ride your road bike? I wouldn't because it's all gravel. It's ninety percent gravel. Isn't yeah, it, it just depends on the. Yeah. yeah, it it's pretty heavy with gravel. It, part of it depends on the weather too. Right, like it's so been wet for two weeks beforehand. May yeah, you maybe get not. some kind of like some. It's like not peanut buttery, but or it's some pretty muddy, soft or some sections section. where Did you say butter. Butter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was some very thick butter. Yeah. yeah. And you could feel it. It would slow you down on the bigger tire. And I could only imagine yeah. being on a skinnier tire where it's going to really just start to sink in as opposed to yeah. dispersing. Uh-huh. So you liked, uh, you liked the forties that you had. Oh, I loved them. I think, I think they were great. Um, Yamhill were fine. Yeah. Yamhill yeah. last year I did those that ride on 37s and it was just fine. It okay. was perfectly yeah. fine. So what did you ride PS like tire pressure wise? Uh, Yamhill. Yeah. Um, no, just just on this Saturday. past weekend. Yeah. Um, well, I had just set up my tires as tubeless the night before, and okay. like usually when you get up in the morning, you get your fingers crossed that everything held. Right. Front tire held just fine. Rear tire was completely flat. I'm like, ah, great. So I went ahead and rode with a little bit extra tire pressure, and it ended up mm-hmm. holding throughout the course of the ride. So at some point in time, I let a little bit out. Not sure quite where I ended up, but I started with 45, which is pretty heavy. Um, those tires that I have on those 40s, you're supposed to run them between 30 and 60. I think that's the range. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, I would have liked to have been in the 35 to 40 range, but I was running at a little bit extra PSI just in case. So okay. Here's the other thing to know, especially about <clears throat> you need to know the, the course that you're riding in a gravel race. Many gravel races will have some difficult climbing sessions mm-hmm. sections, and if those climbing sections have loose gravel on them, your tire choice changes right? It, because it becomes about traction. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to be able to have traction to ride up those steep grades. Yeah. If they're steeper, you know, I've done some gravel races where there's some 20% or 24% climbs. Yikes. And in those situations, and they're going to be that steep, and you know that the gravel is going to be looser. Yeah. And if you lose traction... On something loose like that, you're off the bike. Right. And it's very difficult to get started again. Oh, you're walking the bike. You're walking the bike. (laughs) That's an insane grade for being off You are not restarting a gravel bike on 20% and climbing deep gravel. It's very difficult. So in those situations, if you know that there's some sections like that, you need a little bit of knob on there. You you, need Get your knob on. You need (laughs) need a little You need a little bit more on the knob. It's okay. So, you know, you just have to know kind of what's coming up. All right. We're starting to get a little long on this one. Yeah. I got one last question. Will we convince Matt to get on a gravel bike and go for a ride with us? I don't think it'll be that hard to convince him. Are we going to convince you to buy a gravel bike? I'll convince him by next week. Uh, I have ridden a good bit of gravel on my cyclocross bike. 
but uh haven't not lately i mean i just need to go do it or i i I don't love that bike we've talked about this probably before yeah um there's some issues with that particular cyclocross bike i need to dump it and pick up something else i would probably pick up a a gravel bike because i'm not racing cyclocross right does track make a cyclocross bike (laughs) (laughs) they do but you you can't can't look at the handlebars you you just can't ride it off road well i mean just don't do that then just just don't be dumb or on road or on road yeah (laughs) yeah trainer only great trainer bike though just don't touch the handlebars (laughs) don't touch the handlebars (laughs) i would love nothing more to see you on a gravel bike and go yeah that'd be fun oh we'll we'll do it would be a blast you should make a youtube video about how track is the greatest trainer bike of all time i have a youtube video talking about riding gravel yeah. roads you guys should go check out my youtube channel hey mm-hmm. it's up on mount hood and it was like hey so, ditch, ditch the arrow bars so this and is go matt legrand on youtube um should, yeah and it's the picture of the guy with their shirt off on the beach right is it's, that you if you've gone he has, the, he has a video about gravel biking <laughs> he has a gravel bike video yeah so this is interesting about trek and gravel so Uh-oh. peter statina okay yes, yeah, yeah. who uh rode for trek one kansas yeah yeah well no wait he never won kansas no so Peter Statina, um, he, he rode for Trek for their tour team. Like for the last 10 years, he's been a tour pro. He's done the Vuelta several times. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, um, he's done all their stuff. Last year, he um, convinced Trek to allow him to do many of these um, gravel races, races in the U.S. Yeah. And he actually got into his contract to be able to do that, which is kind of cool. And so he came over and did several gravel races last year um, on a Trek. And uh, he won the Belgian waffle ride. That's that's what I was thinking. Belgian and waffle. he took second at Kansas because um, Colin Strickland, Strickland like rode away from everybody at like mile one twenty and just like won by minutes. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, but um, this year he he has left track trek racing Peter Statina and he is doing his own gravel course this year his own his own he, he set up his own thing he's racing got, as an independent racing basically. independent you mean for him he's just picking he's paying for his own bike well he no so. he got he got like 10 sponsors lined up to okay. be able to help him do these races he's just basically doing it independently but with mm-hmm. his own sponsors and he's gonna be riding a canyon he would rather pay for his own bicycle msrp than ride I, a free track i do not believe he's paying for his own bike i'm joking i know he's I'm probably sure. Yeah. Yeah. i'm sure he's getting multiple free bikes right. well he's he's you know he's got enough history that he was able to find pros to help him out is he oh, going to yeah. make as much as you know being a tour rider no but well but if he if, he may be able if, to pave a lane for that well if, if, and yeah. if like we're talking about gravel riding becoming more popular i could see sponsors being able to make money right in the, in the sport but yeah it's just been growing so he i mean he has great sponsors shimano and canyon and and you know well, if you think about the bike industry right now and this being such it's probably the fastest growing segment out of all bikes by and far. Yeah. manufacturers are bringing bikes to the sure to the market faster than they can shake a stick at. They want people out there riding their bikes, and if you've got one of the best guys out there riding, he's he's making money. Yeah. He's doing all right because everybody been, wants a piece of that pie. Kane's doing well and lately. A, and yeah. multiple. Yeah, Canyon. I want on road. Yeah, I want to yeah. talk about Canyon and local bike shops on a podcast. Yeah, we let's, should. Let's bring that up a, as a topic because the whole issue. I have been thinking about this, like waking up in the middle of the night, being like. Man, there's some issues within this industry yeah. that I would like to discuss. These are the things that we wake up about at night. <laughs> it's such a weird thing, and I'm like, I'm gonna make. I, I will make a YouTube video at some point too, as as well. But like, 
Like anyway. I just last night woke up thinking like 33s or 38s. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what? I know. Like how deep is the gravel? I'm not sure. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> these, are, these are problems. One last thing. Evan, start us off. Um. Oh, God. Um. So... I want to bring this up on the next podcast. So anybody who's interested, I would love to hear your opinions on the professional triathlon organization, or as I told Jake, PTO, and I'd not mean paid time off, because this may be a shock to you all, but we don't get paid heavily for this podcast. <laughs> so Jake denied me PTO, but, <laughs> but there is a new group out in triathlon that is, I won't say they're claiming to be a union at the moment, but they are marketing it as a union for professional triathletes and if you have any triathletes on your social media you have probably seen some marketing material for this already so their marketing material is instagram a picture of a pro and underneath it it says pto or like the professional triathlete organization is yes that's it. That's there. That yes. and they've um, they Lucy Charles to, seems to be yeah. pushing it pretty hard. Yep. They, uh, they they are attached to the Collins Cup, which is a race in Europe that's coming up very yeah. soon, like May something, I think. But yeah. yeah, we Evan and I had talked about it prior to pressing record. Uh-huh. Well, there's more discussion for sure. There is shocking news. I was not asked to join the PTO. Very shocking. <laughs> I know. I was I was heartbroken. But. Which is actually <laughs> I actually think is a problem with that. I think I agree. it yeah. should be like mm-hmm. all or none. So mm-hmm. yep. For another topic, for another day. Lance. Um, I I guess my only thing I'd share is I will probably not be here next Monday. Lance on location. I'm not sure I'm going to be available. I might. I'm. I. It's all up in the air. Uh Oh, where are you going to be? I'm. I'm headed to Utah for our my buddy's Super Bowl party. Oh yeah. Okay. And then I'm. Where to next? I'm going to get my legs waxed from there. (laughs) So all um, Monday you're just (laughs) traveling south, young man. I'm going to head south. I'm trying to find some warm weather for about a week, and so are you that old now? Like are you? Yes. Are you that old? The lands is like, oh, it's a no, little gonna, too chilly now. Yeah, it's a little are you gonna make chilly. your way down there for a training camp? You're gonna come back first. I'll come back first, but man, you're crazy. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go to St. George for a day or two, and then I'll end up in uh, in Arizona for probably a week before I come back to leave for so training camp. Get your legs waxed and yep. get get your sun on. Get your yep. tan on. That's okay. where I'm headed. That sounds good. Yeah. Get your handlebars on. Are you gonna? Can you call into the podcast <coughs> from the wax chair? <laughs> yeah. Can we do a Lance on location while you know it waxed? was videoed last yeah, year I, yeah. and shared, and it was um, experience that's quite embarrassing. That's getting shared. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Look forward to that next week, guys. Hey Jake, would you mind telling us the platforms that Lance's waxing video will be shared <laughs> on here coming up? It's gonna be on the gram. Stay tuned, Matt. One last thing. Uh, I have something for all of our triathlete listeners. Oh, good. Well, anyone really. But mostly they're just the triathletes. Uh, this week I'm going to post a video and it's, um, like with, in, in, somehow, you know, with Blue 70, they've sent me a couple pairs of goggles. So I get to give away two pairs of goggles to two listeners who and comment they- on the video. And, uh, and if you happen to watch and comment on this video, you can be in the running for either of these pair of goggles. And one of the pairs is like a $35 pair of goggles, which they're pretty nice. Um, but watch the video and uh, check it out and see what you think. So if they reference the podcast, do they get some preferential treatment or is this going to be all random <laughs> generated? I was going to do truck. random generated, but now that you mentioned it. Hmm, that could be interesting. What day will this drop? Uh, either... Tuesday or Wednesday, by the time this podcast goes live, that video will be on YouTube. You can find it at youtube.com slash Imlagrand.
So if I comment on there, I can win some goggles. Yeah. <laughs> wear them in the shower in the bathtub. Wear them wherever you want. Sweet. Uh, yes. All I Protect ask is eyes in the bathtub. when you're in the bathtub yep. with those, just give me a photo. <laughs> send, send me that photo, please. Make sure you're wearing a swim cap while you're in the bathtub. <laughs> Pink swim cap. Yeah. Uh, two last one things for me. Um, oh. First is I, I my heart is broken today for the Bryant family. Um, yeah. Absolutely. For, for Kobe. Absolutely. Um, I actually had the, the honor of meeting both Kobe and his daughter who passed away. Oh, my um, way back when days when I used to do different things and live down in Southern California, he actually came to my facility and we hung out for about an hour and a half and he brought his daughter that day. And I wow. just, it was it, uh, when I heard that my daughter was the one that told me that and like my heart just fell in my stomach. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And then she's like, Oh, and his daughter was in the helicopter too. And I just like, I had to oh. like walk out of the room. That was, that was tough. Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are feeling that today. I mean, yeah, he's, you know, he, he had his moment where there was a, some like scandal and stuff like that, but that's neither here nor there. I think he's, he, we all make mistakes, right? And yeah. he, he made up for that. And I think he's a good family man. He was good for the community. He was good for the sport and he loved all of his daughters and his wife. So, yeah. Yeah. um, I, he's gone and, and he, that, that, that's unfortunate, but I can't stop thinking about how his wife is feeling right now and right. how his other three daughters are feeling right now. Yeah. They've got to be absolutely shattered. Yeah. So my heart goes out to them, and um, I just hope that they can find some solace in the days, weeks, and months, and years to come. So that's that. <clears throat> and the other thing, and you've heard us talking about gravel, and gravel, 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 gravel. Um, <laughs> I made a little gravel video, and it's up on oh. the Dialed Cycling uh, YouTube channel. Yes, and I've seen it. It's good. It's, it's good. a good video. It's okay. It was. It, it turned out pretty fun. I the don't music know. is good. I yeah. really like the music. <laughs> I was talking about the music way too much before the podcast. So if, <laughs> if you want to see what we're talking about, this whole yam health thing, um, they're going to have the Yamhill Gravel Fondo in April, and I think that this event is going to absolutely blow up. One of the promoters um, from Zone 5 actually joined us on the ride, David Salzberg, mm-hmm. and um, was talking about that. And he, uh, you know, he's he's bracing himself. He, he thinks it's going to continue to grow, but I, I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to get more of a response this year than they're anticipating. And I think there's going to be a lot of people wanting to do this, this mm-hmm. ride and race because it's such a beautiful venue. The course is fantastic. It's a good time, and they they did a really good job of producing it last year. So I'm, that'd be so cool if we had like just most of the dial team yeah. out there. Yeah, like just a huge showing for. I team. think that we're gonna have a big contingent out there. So yeah. there's that. And if you want to see what this course is all about, you can go watch this video. It's only four minutes long, and it'll give you a good snapshot of a bunch of stuff. What it looks that, like, yeah, yeah, of what it looks like. Um, we should have David Salzberg on the podcast at some point. We're talking. Yes. Yeah, okay. we're talking. Yeah, so he would be. I. He, like that guy he knows his stuff man he's got stories and stories for days too so he's a good chap so that's my one last thing excellent excellent day huh (laughs) all right you guys thank you for listening go check us out on um the social medias the dial podcast on both instagram and facebook and as a matter of fact you know what i'll post that video up on facebook so you just simply click through and check that out if you uh, want to connect with us, uh, that would be great for the 2020 year. We want to get back on track with our listener hot lap. So if you're interested in joining us on the podcast, it can be as little as three minutes, all the way up to about 10 minutes of your time. And we let you come in here and chat with us a little bit and ask some questions. We do the same view. Um, that's a fun time. And I think um, everybody else that I've talked to has enjoyed talking to these people. So if you want to be that person, give us a shout. Um, reach out on those social media channels or info at dialpodcast.com. Email us and we'll, uh, we'll get in touch with that. You guys all have a great week. Till next time. Bye for now.